Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to me. I say welcome. Uh, in Swahili, we say jambo when we want to welcome someone. In Japanese, we say yokozo. So I welcome you all into this space and thanks for tuning back into this podcast. I'm your host and creator, Darrell. And um, today's topic, we're just going to get straight to some homework because I know for a lot of us, this is something that we struggle with and we don't even know that we struggle with it. And um, it's, it's going to be a pretty heavy episode, but we're going to get the resources to get through it. We're going to get the resources to really acknowledge what this process of our lives is, um, how can we notice it, and how can we move on from it, and not move on from it in an aspect of leaving it alone, but from an aspect of allowing it to be a part of who we are. So grief, what is what is grief, and how does grief show up in our lives? So by definition, which I find this to be so weird. So I'm going to go over two definitions, one from the dictionary, one from Google, of course, because there's just so many uh, variations of definitions nowadays. So by, let's see. Okay. So from the dictionary, it is emotional distress caused by or as if by bereavement. Also a cause of such distress. Right. So automatically, the first definition just goes straight into bereavement, which we know um, is associated with death. And from the Internet, what did we get? Deep sorrow. And I find both of those definitions to be, um, like I said, associated with death for the most part. But we never really look at grieving from a place of loss. Right. Grieving for me, um, and my experiences, of course, has been mostly triggered by losing someone by death. Um, family member, friend, like I have lost quite a few people. I'm pretty sure all of you have as well. But, you know, why do we always associate grief with just death? And there was something that kind of sat on my mind as I was going through my therapy process. And this is my sweet clementine tea with some raw ginger and honey just to get me in the mood <laughs> but um yeah I, I found it to be very weird that we don't associate grief with loss you know you can grieve anything when there is a place of absence right when there is a void right for example um a lot of us grieve relationships the lack thereof a father, the lack thereof a mother, um, grandparents. Um, I know a lot of people who have these really weird relationships with their mother or their father or both. And in that process, they, you know, they aren't, they aren't their, their best selves. They're, you know, living in the world, upset at the world because of the absence of something. And little do they know they're in a stage of grief and they're, they're not acknowledging that um, grief could be the loss of a job. You know, you're losing your source of income and a lot of people get depressed over that. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have experienced that with COVID and the pandemic and unemployment. And, you know, it's okay to understand that that is a part of grief. So I really want us to look at the broader picture of grief really being 
for me, what my definition would be deep sorrow of something that was lost and not lost in the aspect of physically not being here, but in your world, right? So if I have a fallout with a friend and, you know, I decide that this person is no longer serving me, I grieve that friendship. If I have a associate, you know, who I just can no longer associate myself with, I may grieve the loss or their absence of them not being in my life. So I really want to challenge everyone's mindset to really broaden the horizons of what grief is and how it how it shows up. So that that's my definition of it because like I said, I've experienced it on multiple levels and it it's never the same, but the stages of them are all the same. And these stages of grief don't even have to be in order. But for those of you who do not know, there are stages of grief and we're going to go over that in a second. So my question to you, um, if you're here, you're on this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in, you're aware of the purpose of this podcast. So you're here for help. And that's what this space is for. That's why I welcome you each and every episode into this space, because this space is created for you. It's not a space created for me, but it is a space to shed light on things that I know people may deal with that I've dealt with. And like I said, this space is for you. So I welcome you into it. But as you're listening, and as you think about maybe the last week, or the last month, or the last year, last 10 years, last 15, last 20 years of your life, what are you grieving? What have you not come to terms with that you have lost that is really altering the quality of your life? And I think that's something so important to really ask yourself when you're in this growth process, when you're in this healing process, what are you grieving, right? Are you someone, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, who has not gotten over your father being abusive to you as a child, um, or your mother maybe abandoning in the household or dealing with substance abuse, and you know, you're not having a mother figure or a father figure, um, a molestation as a child. I was raped when I was 11. Um, so I can relate to people in that aspect of sexual trauma. You know, what are you really grieving and what is causing you to still grieve that? And do you realize just how much that is holding you back? So I'm going to give you guys a second to really think about what you're grieving. And if you want to, you know, write, write it down. It could be one thing, it could be multiple things, um, but really start off with like the first thing, like what are you really grieving? Like what do you feel like if this could just go away, you would be so much better as a person. You would love yourself more, you would embrace yourself more, you would live more without fear, without doubt. You know, what What are you, you really grieving? So I'll give you guys a second to just kind of absorb that for a minute. Because I think that's so important when we're doing this self-work really being vulnerable and honest with ourselves and pulling back those layers to really understand what infrastructure we have or lack thereof in our lives when we're growing and growing up and maturing and developing ourselves. Because you're going to constantly grow, you're going to constantly evolve. But if you're not aware of what's holding you back, how can you shed that weight? And I'll say that again. If you're not aware of what's holding you back, how could you shed that weight? So like I said, we're going to dive into grief and what that is. So there are five steps 
of grief. And I'm going to go over them. And like I said, everyone experiences these steps in different order. Um, no order for me may be the order for you. You may cycle through this, you know, periodically. I know I have. It, it was something that I struggled with for quite some time. Um, but there are stages to this. And we got to really sit down and once we figure out what's causing us the grief, let's realize where we are in the steps of grieving. So first on my list is denial. You know, have you really come to terms with, again, your dad leaving or your dad being abusive or your mom leaving or your mom being abusive or the uncle or the cousin who, you know, physically, excuse me, who physically assaulted you? Have you really come to terms with that burden, right? Because I can't acknowledge the equation if I'm not even willing to look at it, right? If I'm not even willing to translate and say to myself, hey, this occurred, and not say it in an aspect or manner of this occurred because of you, but it occurred for you. It occurred to you. Um, and again, not caused by you, because especially when we look at grieving from a, a standpoint of death, you know, we don't cause death and we, we can't stop it. It's a part of life. You're born and you, you transition. So um, from that aspect, that's something that anyone, no one can stop. So, you know, what, what is it? You know, what is it? What are you really in denial of? And why are you in denial? You know, is it something so painful that you don't love yourself or understand yourself enough to know that this is no longer serving you? And it has never served you because what do you gain from being in denial? How do you grow? How do you free yourself? How do you explore freedom, self-love, and self-growth and determination if you're in denial of the things that have happened to you? So that would be um, the first thing. As you're listening, as you're trying to figure you out, and especially if you're writing anything down, if you're taking notes, denial is always in the steps of grieving. Um, whether it is your first step, what is, whether it is your third, you know, the, that is a part of the process. And the second part, which I feel like a lot of us get stuck between the first and the second, this is my order, so I'm speaking to how I've grieved in the past, denial and anger. Anger. Yes, when something happens, you know, you are upset. You know, if a friend of mine has betrayed me and I know that after 10 to 12 years that I have to cut them off, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to feel some type of pain. Why is this happening to me? I may even feel guilt. What did I do to cause this? You know, why are people treating me like this? Um, why am I allowing people <laughs> to treat me like this? That is a part of pain. That is a part of guilt. And that all typically stems from anger. And it can turn into anger very, very quickly. And um, I don't think we understand that step. And I don't think we understand how impactful that step of grief is when it comes to anger. A lot of people stay angry for a long, long time about things that they're grieving, in particular people or relationships that no longer exist. But, you know, really ask yourself, being angry for five, 10 years for something that happened to you, how are you growing? How is that serving you? Um, like I said, I was raped when I was 11, and I, I may have stayed angry for the first year or two, but, you know, as I started to get older, I had my whole life ahead of me, you know, it wasn't something that I asked for, it was just un, how can I put it, um, I wouldn't say uncalled for circumstances, but just a circumstance that an 11-year-old boy shouldn't experience, but I didn't say upset, 
right? Because what was I doing to myself when the criminal justice system failed the case? They felt the person who assaulted me, you know, what am I gaining? You know, and I'm a, I'm a young, young boy, you know, I, like I said, I have my whole life ahead of me, but holding on to that anger, what, what does that do for me when the person who assaulted me is living their life and they got away with the crime, you know? Um, so anger, how many of us are stuck in, in that phase? How many of us are stuck in denial? How many of us are stuck are, how many of us are stuck in anger and denial and refuse to move out of those spaces? So grief, it shows up in many emotions and in many ways that you will go back and forth through. And for me, I feel like grief is a lifetime, 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 what? <laughs> lifetime thing. So please be, be, be very, very aware of that. Um, another uh, part of it, which I know a lot of people get stuck in as well, because it's also its own thing, depression. Depression is so real, you know, um, the not feeling motivated to do things that you would normally do, you know, whether you get up every morning, go to the gym or you jog or you write in your journal or, you know, you do yoga. When depression hits, depression hits. It's very, very hard to get out of it. But have you accepted the fact that you're depressed? Have you accepted the fact that you are in the process of grieving and depression is now here because you have not learned to comfort yourself or be there for yourself or be sensitive to yourself. And depression is a whole nother topic that we'll get on um, in later episodes because I can stay on this for quite some time. But, you know, depression, I, I just want to make people aware that depression is a part of the grieving process. And like I said, this is just the order in which I put them in. Um, you can be depressed first, you can be angry after, then you can go into a stage of denial. It really depends on the person and the circumstance. But this is typically how I've experienced grief um, in this order, but there's no right or wrong order to this. So I just want to be very, very clear about that. And um, after depression, bargaining, you know, you may be a person of religion and things happen to you and you are praying like nobody's business because you're trying to speak to that higher existence, that higher entity that you identify with. You may even try to... Um, bargain with, you know, people who, you know, want to leave your life. Well, if you stay, you know, I promise to do this. And, you know, can we work it out? You know, why are you bargaining? Why are you bargaining? Why are you bargaining? There, there's a loss that is about to occur in your life for you. And the person isn't physically out of this realm. The frequency and the energy that they have in your life is just, it, it's, it's time for it to exit. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. And we have to look at that. Like, why is this thing leaving, right? But also, why am I begging for it to stay? Maybe it's served its purpose. You know, we're in winter. Can I beg winter to turn into summer? No. But I know that once winter is over, there's another season and then there's another season. And, and it's a repetitive cycle. And that's life. You know, that's life. There, there are certain courses you just can't edit. You have to kind of go with the flow of it and be strong and, you know, let these waters, these troubled waters pass you by. So are you bargaining? Are you, are you really trying to sell yourself short for something that may be toxic to you in your development? What are you bargaining for? And do you notice that you're bargaining, right? Because like I said, grief for a lot of us, we don't notice what we're doing. We're just reacting. Emotions are there and we're not thinking from the place of mind or logic. And 
especially those who deal with mental wellness challenges, you know, this is an ongoing thing because we don't want to feel alone. We don't want to feel isolated. We don't want to feel like we caused the problem. So we bargain. Huge, huge part of, of grief. Um, Maybe larger for others than it is for some, but it, it, it is a, a part of the grieving process. And the last piece, which I think we really get our freedom from, acceptance. Acceptance. It, it, it is something that, whew, it is something that I struggled with for a long, long time. And not even just in grieving, but just accepting things that have occurred because um, I'm a Sagittarius. So, you know, we are the philosopher of the Zodiac. So we're always trying to figure out the who, the what, the wins, the why, how things are made, how things are created. And, you know, all of the things behind closed doors, we want to know what the hell is going on, right? But acceptance sometimes is just saying, hey, it happened. And I'm still here. You know, like I said, with my situation when I was 11, I had to come to terms with, hey, it, it happened. And I was 13 when I finally, you know, realized that, you know, just because that happened to me does not dictate the person that I'll become, the the man that I'll be, how my family looks at me, how my friends look at me, how coworkers looked at me, because I've been working since I was 14. So, you know, for me, there was a lot of that, like, hey, does the world know that I'm a rape victim as a male? And at the time, I didn't identify with sexual orientation. Um, I'm gay, but I mean, I'm 11. I wasn't thinking about that at all. I was just thinking about the trauma that occurred to me, but I accepted it. And I accepted all of the things that came with it, the ups and the downs and the not wanting to be touched or not looking at myself as a, a sexual being or looking at myself in a sexual manner. That's acceptance. You know, that, that, that's a part of acceptance. And you really have to sit down because, like I said, there is no order in the stages of grief. But for me, it was the last thing that I could do because I was ready for closure. I was ready for closure. I was ready to just say, this can no longer haunt me. This was not my fault. I have to accept the things that have occurred. But how do I pour back into me to pour back into the world? And um, it took some time. It took some time, but I was willing to put in any type of work for me to get better. And, you know, what are you not accepting? What, do, what is sitting right in front of you that has kind of been sitting there for quite some time and you just have not accepted it? Why are you holding yourself back? And why are you not seeing that on the other side of acceptance is freedom? Now, on the other side of that acceptance, it's an unknown world, right? But are you so comfortable in chaos that you choose to stay in the chaos versus a peaceful mind? A mind that can rest, a body that can rest, a spirit that can rest, and you're robbing yourself of that because you have not accepted the things that have occurred to you. And I, I want to be really clear on life. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And when you're able to look at yourself as a spiritual vessel, right? Because when I transition, my flesh will rot. But the soul goes elsewhere, right? Why are you robbing your spiritual growth? Because you have not accepted the fact 
that things have happened for you. As painful as they are, they've happened for you. They haven't happened to you. And I mean, yet for some things physically, you know, if you were physically hurt or, you know, you got a scar or something like that, okay, that, that happened to your physical. But the bigger picture is that that situation occurred for you. There was a lesson in it. No matter how painful that lesson may have been, there there was definitely a lesson in that. And you have to really come to the acceptance part for your growth. So we'll wrap this up with some homework for you guys. How do you heal? Hmm. How, how do you actually move about in the world as a healed person? Because a lot of us, we like to catastrophize. A lot of us thrive in catastrophe. A lot of us thrive in toxic environments because it's all we know. But do you know that a part of your healing is a part of your growth, a part of you getting to that next chapter is really understanding how to heal, how to work through these steps, denial, anger, a depression, bargaining, and then acceptance in, in whichever way that you want to organize it, right? Because your puzzle is your puzzle. My puzzle is my puzzle. The colors are different. The shapes are different. The, the uh, wideness of the puzzle may be large. It may be small. It may be narrow. It may be landscape. It may be portrait. You know, it, 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 it's, it's my puzzle to figure out, but I have to be willing to put those pieces together in order for me to heal because there is a bigger picture in every situation, every experience um, where you are grieving. My advice, process these steps, be vulnerable and honest with yourself about what you're grieving. And then when you are ready to close that chapter, you can say, I have healed, right? And how do we know that we've healed? We don't get angry about the situation anymore. We almost find a sense of gratitude and peace because you survived it, right? For me, anything that I've gone through where I can look back and not laugh at it, but just kind of look back and be like, hmm, wow, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember this space. Yeah, this is, this is familiar, you know? And you might meet someone who's going through that and they're devastated, like losing their mind, right? But because I've healed, I can say, hey, I've been there. It gets okay. I'm pretty sure there are so many people listening to this podcast right now that have been victims of rape. And I'm here to say that it gets better. You do connect to your physical again, and you do allow other people into that space to connect to that physical with you because intimacy is more than just a sexual thing, you know? Um, but but healing is, is so important, and I really want everyone um, listening into to just really go through these steps. So I'm going to go through them one more time. Denial. What are you denying? Anger. What are you angry about that you know that you're grieving? Um, depression. You know, how, how long are you sitting in this funk and what is it going to take for you to get out of it? Uh, bargaining. Are you bargaining for something to stay around present in your space that is going to feed into you? Are you bargaining because you're afraid of the unknown? And last but not least, like I said, this is my order, acceptance. Have you really looked back at the script that is your life and accepted the things, terms and conditions that have happened to you? And once you have done that, this is where your healing begins. So 
I thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is always um, fun to do, um, fun to explore, because I know that this work, like I said in episode one, it's needed. It, it, it's so needed. So I thank you all for tuning in, and I hope that this episode allows you to find the courage to move forward. So we will end here. Um, in Japanese, we say matane, which means goodbye. And in Swahili, we say kwahiri, which is goodbye as well. Um, but this isn't the end. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. But I hope that this was helpful. And I, I so look forward to all of your questions, all of your comments, and really healing in this space with you because this space is for you. And on that note, I say thank you. Uh, I say asante in Swahili. That means thank you. Um, and I look forward to talking to you guys on the next episode. So please be blessed, be safe, and take care.